Hello, Mel. How Hi, are you? I'm really good. It's so nice to be back. I've it missed is it. nice to be back after. <laughs> have you missed it? Have you? Let- you know, it's strange, isn't it? Because we talk so much. We do talk, you know, we talk pretty much every day. But, you know, just knowing that we're interacting with with our community it's yeah. um, you know we haven't done it for a couple of weeks now and it it does feel like there's been something missing yeah and I wonder how it feels for the community as well mm. not having had any lives or any interviews or anything like that in the group yeah. um yeah let us know and also let us know what what you want you know what you want to hear about and what you want to see and mm. who who you'd like us to interview even yeah because this is not our group just yours and mine is it it's our group all of us and we're doing this really for the community and who's who's in here yeah and we were having a chat weren't we and talking about you know maybe we should bring it back to basics for a few weeks if you like and just you and I and really talk about trauma thriving and a bit why the group is called Trauma Thrivers and what thriving really means. And I wonder whether I should start by reading out that paragraph. Yeah. And we can talk a bit about what thriving means to us and then what surviving is. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of the time I get asked by people, you know, what's the difference between being a trauma survivor and a trauma thriver? And, you know, it's a question that comes up a lot with with clients. It's a question that comes up a lot with friends. Um, and I think it would, yeah, be just be really nice to kind of have a chat about that and, and okay. let people know what our personal experience of it is as well. Okay. Well, on, on this, it says that thriving is the capacity of each of us to feel, think and act in ways that enhance our ability to enjoy life and deal with the challenges we face. It's a positive sense of emotional and spiritual well-being that respects the importance of culture, equity, social justice, interconnections and personal dignity. I love that. I love the personal dignity there, especially. It just resonates. Yeah. Yeah, I think that one of the things that I would like to sort of mention at the beginning of this conversation is that thriving is relative. You know, I I don't think that, you know, we can sort of put a, a, a... defining mo like a defining point on thriving I think thriving is different for everybody um and just because you know we're doing what we what we're doing doesn't mean you have to be doing what we're doing to be thriving this is just our version of it yeah and 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 I suppose thriving for different people means different things I mean for me thriving is more about flourishing and growth and freedom if you like and being able to be all that we can be which for years in certainly my trauma I never felt that I could but thriving isn't necessarily a financial thriving or a thriving in terms of business or or even goals it's a sense of inner freedom with oneself yeah absolutely and I was going to say if I had to put one word for me what thriving means it would be freedom yeah you know people often ask me what one word I would use to describe my recovery 
and I would say freedom because yes. trauma and oh it's saying that our broadcast has been interrupted and it should resume shortly oh I don't know what's going on there no shall I see if I can No, it's still working for me. It's still, oh, okay. Maybe yeah. me then. If you can still hear us, just it's give us a, a little thumbs up. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah. me then. There we go. There we go. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think what, what I was just saying was that for so many years, I felt trapped. I felt trapped and, and, and I can put, I can articulate it now. I can put the words to it now, but at the time, maybe I, I couldn't, but yeah. I felt very much a, a prisoner inside my head, inside my own body. Um, and even when I made inroads to start to try and sort of break free of things, there was always something else that kind of was holding me back. So for me, I, I really, really can honestly say that that my word for thriving, my word for recovery is freedom. And I, I hear you on that and I get it. And I also think that thriving and surviving, the difference for me, a lot of it, and, and for people that I work with, is about when you're trapped or when we are trapped or when we don't feel free, I think it feels to me like it's under the burden of all those limiting beliefs, mm. you know, that, you, that, that we have as trauma survivors, you know, be it unlovable or not good enough or unworthy or bad or useless or whatever it is that those parts of us feel that's what then traps us in a way because we can't move forward if we believe all of that stuff about ourselves no and and ultimately getting to the point where I realized that it wasn't anybody that was standing in my way apart from what was going on inside of me um so all of those years of trying to to fix external things to help me move forward um and then the realization that actually I can fix you know it getting to points in my life where all the external stuff was fixed and, and looked amazing but still on the inside, I wasn't able to get to that place that, that I wanted to be. And that I think that was where the real work started for me. Yeah. But I'm wondering, Lou, what do you think, if you could sort of, you know, lay it out, that the difference between surviving and thriving and what, and what even are the stages before that? Yeah, well, it's interesting you say that the stages before that, because I, I've always termed it kind of... Um, victim sufferer survivor thriver in my head and I know that none of us like the word victim but bear with me mm. and then I was looking at something earlier that says in crisis struggling surviving thriving which is actually quite a nice way of looking at it too but when I say victim sufferer I, for me uh when we're at the victim stage still, we're often not even aware that we've got trauma no. or of what's going on. Mm -hmm. So there is no awareness in that place to, to do anything. We're kind of stuck. And then at some point, thank God, 
you know, we have an intervention or something happens that makes us realize actually trauma is at the root of what's going on here. And we, I think we move out of that victim place, but we also then go into this kind of suffering mm. because between victim and survivor for me, shit, how much work is there? And how, how long does it take to kind of grieve that trauma and those losses and start to realise that there are different parts of us, but also that there's a real adult, untraumatised self too. But that doesn't negate all the losses. No, you know, and, and that can really, t that can feel like we're in a... I don't know, an emotional no man's land, like a, a desert stuck or overly, you know, that's that feels like suffering at some points in that place. Yeah. And only then do I feel that we clamber out to go, right, I'm I'm a survivor. I'm kind of getting through it. I'm part of the way through it because mm -hmm. I don't think we feel like that at the beginning. No, no. And I remember um, you know, when I was sometimes in some particularly difficult, challenging places in my recovery. And I remember a couple of people asking me, you know, can you see the light at the end of the tunnel? And my response was, yeah, but it feels like a train coming towards me. Wow. You know, yeah. like, I yeah. could see the light, but it was like, is it going to be a steam train just coming to run me back? Yeah. Down? And yeah. there was always this sort of impending sense of doom almost um for me and I don't know do we do we need to experience the suffering to experience the joy um well that, that it's a beautiful question and I think that you know I I've worked a lot with people that have no light no future no possibility yet of seeing beyond the trauma so they're they're definitely in in suffering but I think we we can't do the all or nothing we can't just stay in the middle path we we spend so much of our lives I think many of us and you know some people listening to this are going to say well that's not the case for me but I think we spend a lot of our lives certainly you and I have milk <laughs> We know each other quite well, so we can say that, you know, numbing or, or, or dissociating or not in the body or not able to deal with the emotions that are in the body. So we're disconnected from that hypo arousal, that very low, very dark place. Mm. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, there's lots of people out there saying you don't need to go near your trauma. You know, you can bypass it. You know, you, you don't have to focus on the dark, keeping the light, keeping the light, you know, all those modalities out there. But quite frankly, I've tried most of them. And I tried most of them before I did the body work and the therapy and the healing, deeper healing. And none of them really lasted. They were just like sticky blasters. So I think we do have to experience the darker moments and I think we have to go in there and we have to shine a light yeah and I, I think for me what was so important was acknowledging the pain being able to you know for me I did a lot of kind of the inner child work and 
being able to give myself the space to feel the pain that I was never allowed to feel, to feel the anger, to feel the sadness, to feel the rejection and the abandonment and all of that stuff, because I deserved that. I deserved to give myself the permission to have the space to feel that stuff. Yeah. And I think had I have bypassed that and, and it did feel like suffering. I mean, my yeah. God, you know, I would sit in therapy sessions and think this is just the worst feeling ever. Am I going to get through this? Yeah. But I think had I have missed that part of the journey out, I would I wouldn't be able to nurture now that child inside of me, that little Mel in the way that I can and in the way that I do. Yeah. And also we kind of have to build that tolerance Mm. within ourselves to be able to cope with the pain and the losses. And, you know, even when we're thriving, life, life isn't always a roller coaster is it you know we're gonna have things happen in our life and in our future and uh, we've got to be able to tolerate dealing with those emotions so I think whatever path we choose whether we're bypassing or not we have to learn to tolerate emotions and validate them ourselves and sit with them yeah 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 Yeah, Yeah. because that's what I had to do. I genuinely used to think that feeling those emotions would likely finish me off. I genuinely thought I might die from the pain of it. But learning, you know, I think that was one of the biggest gifts that recovery, you know, being in recovery has given me, going through that journey has given me, is that gift of knowing that it will pass and I will be okay at the other side of it. Yeah, you know, and that is just so, 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 so important for me. I, I think a lot of people, though, and I don't know whether you thought this, and it's quite a long time ago for me. I mean, I sometimes forget um, mm. quite what it was like, but I, I do remember thinking, oh, my God, if I go there, it's going to be like jumping off a cliff into the water and I'm going to drown and never come up. Mm-hmm. So the fear of actually going there rather than understanding that we don't go there all at once. No, no therapist takes you right into your deepest, darkest, worst, most feared memory ever. Not. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope not. You know, what what we do is very gradually get you to, to doggy paddle first and, and, you know, get used to the waves and learn how to swim and learn how to you know, manage your emotions. And, and that's what builds up the, the tolerance, isn't it? To be able to actually, and maybe going back to, that's part of the freedom that you then fear, felt within, because how can you really thrive and feel free within when you're still running away from parts of yourself or your own emotions? Yeah, when you don't fully accept everything you know I I have to accept I and this is something that I've learned every part of me even the parts that I didn't that I maybe don't like that much I still accept them and I still welcome them because they are part of me and you know I I needed to get to that point so what does surviving feel like 
surviving to me surviving still feels like I'm a bit in the struggle mm -hmm. I think it's empowering in some ways to say I'm a survivor but I I I wouldn't I wouldn't always want to say I'm a survivor sorry though I just have to say I'm getting a real Beyonce moment as you're saying I'm a survivor <laughs> into song and start doing the dance yeah because there's a connotation I think this is what's coming up for me of I'm still surviving mm. you know I'm, yeah. I'm whereas I would like to think at some point we move beyond mm. into actually that's that's over now mm. I, I've I've done a lot of work and, and I'm not saying the work stops, does it? No, it does not. <laughs> As know. we well know. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe once when we reach enlightenment, you know, and 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 one, maybe it will. But yeah, I think it's a continuous journey of growing and evolvement and thriving even more because surviving it's not like we don't take a step back, is it? When we are thriving, it's not like I'm permanently a thriver. I wouldn't say I'm permanently a trauma thriver. I still have my moments. Mm. And maybe that is still going back into survivor. Mm -hmm. You know, of... make, what might make that happen? Oh. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot now. That's all right. That's fine. I don't mind being put on the spot because I, I want to be honest with people. Mm. Yeah. You know, I think it's really important to our community to kind of say we all have our moments, mm. you know, even e even people that have been doing the work and are out there as therapists and trauma therapists, mm. your trauma therapists, whoever you're seeing, oh, some people be watching this and I'm there, you know, we can't eternally be feeling great. So, yeah, there are some things that trigger me. I mean, as you know. God, I, uh, it took me a long time in my recovery to find my voice. I mean, that was my main um, problem. And I, I, I couldn't speak. I'd been so shut down and so traumatized by having a voice that, you know, to speak in meetings or to speak in public or to speak on stage. And I, I had some terrible experiences of speaking. And, you know, uh, it, it, it took me... EMDR and trauma therapy and it took me uh, going to speaker's corner and standing mm -hmm. on a step on a Sunday morning and speaking out and doing all sorts of courses and different things to actually be able to finally stand up and do my TEDx talk and actually my TEDx talk was only the second time I'd ever spoken in a, in a group or an audience I, I wouldn't advise that to most That's people it's like, yeah it's crazy but for me that was a real element of me starting to thrive or feel like a thriver because when you can't speak or you can't speak out or you don't have a voice it's really difficult to thrive. So I would say my turning point, one of the turning points into me feeling, oh God, I'm, I'm free actually to start maybe thriving now was standing on a stage and telling my story. And I'm wondering, Lou, was it the actual 
standing on the stage and telling the story or was it how you felt about yourself afterwards I think I think it was both I think it was both because I I do think that there is something very powerful for trauma survivors in at the right time and at the right place and speaking hopefully from the scar and not the wound there's something very powerful about sharing your story mm-hmm. because it, it kind of helps to lessen any residual shame that there might be around it yeah. so I'm I'm really encouraging about people finding their voices and sharing their story to empower others yeah. um, and and to me that is an aspect of thriving Mm. like a real aspect what about you yeah I think surviving for me felt like existing okay it felt like there was still things something was missing and as I said before I couldn't quite get to where I wanted to be and maybe part of that was not really being sure where I wanted to be as well not having not really having defined my purpose or my goals or my vision and, and, and kind of struggling with, with really finding my, my place in the world. Um, and, you know, swinging between kind of thinking that maybe I was getting there and then something would happen. I'd be like, Oh, well, that's not what it is. Um, but I, I think for me the and the reason that I asked that question, Lou, about was it the actual doing of it or was it how you felt afterwards is that for me, I think when I think about thriving, I've been able to, to do a lot of things earlier in my recovery yeah. than I think a lot of other people Yeah, have. you have. I talk to you about this quite a lot and go, yeah. bloody hell, you're like super fast. Super. I mean, it's amazing your process <laughs> speed. I feel like, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I think, you know, I feel... I feel really, you know, really fortunate. I think that's something that is gift given to me that that I'm able to do that. But regardless of the fact that I was able to do the things to to put the boundaries in or to to stand and, and speak in front of people or to, you know, write a blog or whatever it was, how I felt about myself after doing those things was what I struggled with because I still had that inner critic yeah. that was going on. That yeah. was that good enough? What are people going to think of me? You know, often, you know, sometimes I would come out of speaking to people and I would feel my the shame, like this feeling that my whole face would be flooded with, with red and I would almost yeah. want to cry. Like I would feel like this, I'd feel very dysregulated. Yeah. So for me it was a little bit different in the fact that thriving for me that the the mood the 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 defining place for me when I felt that I was thriving rather than with surviving was that I didn't have that I didn't have those that inner critic yeah happening afterwards I didn't have that you know if I wanted to publish a blog on my website I wouldn't I suddenly realized that I wasn't sitting there for hours editing and and then you know sitting with my finger hovering over the the publish button and yeah all of that kind of stuff suddenly I realized I was just more comfortable with myself 
but I was more in flow. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you were able to validate yourself and also put yourself out there and be visible, which I know a lot of people with trauma really have a problem with. And I also think that the internal critics, critics, because sometimes there's more than one, start to reduce in that surviving to thriving. But I have to be completely honest and say, I can still have an inner critic. Mm You know, and one of my inner critics and, and, you know, actually says to me (laughs) that I'll be really unpopular if I am successful and thriving. Yes. So people will reject me the better I do or the more well I do or the more I'm out there Mm. or the more I grow, the more I'm going to be pulled down. Yeah. So that's quite an interesting one because that's almost like... um, it's not a fear of failure so much, but it's a fear of success. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I can identify and, with that. And, and I know exactly where it comes back to. And actually, I, I, I'm trying to do some more EMDR on it at the moment. Sorry, folks. Yes, we do still do more EMDR, even when we're therapists. And it goes back to a, a memory when I was Joseph. I told you the story. In, in Joseph and his amazing Technicolor dream coat. And I was 11 and I got picked at school to be, I think out of like 600 kids to be Joseph, but it made me the most unpopular person in the school. Yeah. And even my two friends sent me to Coventry and wouldn't speak to me. Oh. So it was just like, oh my God, you cannot do too well. You can't be too good, too bright, because people will reject you. Mm. So it's interesting, isn't it, that that whole thriving of like really wanting to become this person that we want to become is like what's more important, that or belonging to a group or your friendships or your communities or not pissing people off because you're a good old codependent. (laughs) <laughs> you know and it was always the people for me that that yeah. that that were more important wanting to be liked or wanting to be lovable or popular mm-hmm. so don't put your head above the parapet so I think there's a few people out there that probably have got that going on a bit as well with I'm with sure. thriving yeah kind of it's it's that message of you know don't be too much yeah don't message that we we're we're given that message so much as as children aren't we and and you know I I know that there there are men watching but I think especially as women yeah uh, we're given that message of you know don't be too fat don't be too thin don't be too loud don't be too this don't be too you know it's very yeah men are sort of taught to kind of you know show up big um I think as women we're very much given these messages early on in our lives to to be small yes very much so and you can't thrive if you're small no. you Mind can't you, I'm only five foot two <laughs> yeah but it's not about size that way is it it's about <laughs> size in our in our capacity to yeah to be bright and to be bold and to be brilliant and you know I just want to say in this community that I I really want people to thrive in here. Like our work at Wednesdays, I want people to wow it and be out there and thriving and showing up and shining. Mm. Yeah. 
because that's what we want for other people that have been through trauma. It's not enough to survive. No, no, no. And I think, you know, if I, if I think about the times that I do go back into survivor. Yeah. What happens to you? I think the best way for me to describe it, and I hope that people can relate to this because it's probably not the most articulate way, but it's kind of like I've lost my mojo. Yeah. It's, you know, I, it's like this kind of flat, this flat feeling where there's a lack of, of energy, a lack of motivation and, and a little bit of, and I think, I think it's probably when when the critic starts yeah. to starts to rear its head again. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I think it happens particularly around relationships, um, which is understandable because my trauma is developmental. Um, so I I find you know I still find relationships, as you well know, I you know tricky. And yeah. what, I, what what I know is this, and just sharing you know, uh, my recent experience is I can move away from what is not good for me a lot quicker and a lot easier now than what I could before. Yeah. And I think, again, that for me is, is part of, of thriving, you know, is being able to have enough within myself um, to to be able to tap into that that innate knowing and that innate wisdom enough myself sometimes with a bit of help from you <laughs> to be able to kind of cut those cords yeah um, and and I can honestly say you know it it does I feel instantly when that mojo comes back yeah it's like and and I I I, I don't know. I'm not hundred percent sure if that's my nervous system re-regulating itself or if it's that I've empowered myself enough to quiet the inner critic or if it's that I've given myself the love and nurture that I need. I'm, I haven't quite figured out or maybe it's a, probably a combination, combination of those things, but I feel it instantly and I, I do it a lot quicker and I have the, the resources available to me now and I'm not I'm not scared to use the resources. I don't want, you know, I think for a long time, I became comfortable with the uncomfortable. And I no longer want to be in the uncomfortable. Yeah. And sometimes moving out of that is really, really difficult. But it's something that I really, I know innately, I don't want to be as, as, as sometimes as, as cozy as it feels to be in that uncomfortable, because that is what I am so used to. I know that I don't want to be there. So I will do everything I can to move myself out of it as quickly as I can. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a difference, isn't there, between, you know, we can't all be in ventral vagal at the top and green and adult all the time, which is, where I think thriving is really mm. it's in that flow state and you know and then as soon as we start to go into sympathetic and get activated mm -hmm. for me that's when we're in that inner critic critical parent saboteur mm -hmm. mow, 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 you know and we're hyper arousal and and we're activated and we're kind of looking for you know the next person that's going to whack us or whatever and then if that doesn't work or if we do that too much that's then takes us into the 
the the, the hypo. Mm-hmm. And to me, that hypo, I know I'm sim- oversimplifying it, I'm sure, but it feels like not okay child in that place. Yeah. And actually, I know that we want to move out of that. We don't want to stay stuck in hypo and we don't want to stay stuck in hyper. We ideally want to come back up to ventral. But I actually do think when we are in our not okay child or when we are even in our critical parent, but mainly in our feeling state and in our body, if we can, as you said that you do, bring in that real kind nurturing, even if it's adult and it's not the nurturing, nourishing parent, just to that child, Mm -hmm. that's enough sometimes just to bring us back up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I have to just say this as well, which is when these situations happen, when I feel like I slip back into survivor, there is, and, and I allow myself, you know, because there are there are lots of things, you know, that I could do as quick fixes, right, that, that I know, like, but what I know now is if actually I allow myself to process yeah. that stuff, to go through it, to become curious about it, and, and, you know, this is something that we need to feel safe enough to do, and with everything, you know, all the, all the healing and the therapy that I've had, I am safe enough to do that now, to become curious about it there's another level of healing that happens there's another level of freedom that occurs there's another release that comes from that and then right my the next level of thriving happens as a result of it and that's the beautiful thing about being on this on this journey isn't it Lou is that we can continue to kind of take it further and further and further. And rather than becoming, you know, now as sadistic as this might sound, when, when these situations happen and when I'm in that place that is uncomfortable and painful, I almost get a little bit excited about it. Well, I think that's wonderful in a way, because if we can hold the curiosity for those internal parts and emotions and feelings and stay with them, which Mm. is the work. Yeah, that is the work. So if somebody's listening to this and going, I can't do that and I'm never going to be able to do that. Yes, you are, Mm. because because that's the work is staying with the staff and being able to in some way be kind or watch or observe or hold that, it's recognizing it, isn't it? And tolerating whatever is happening in the body and validating it. Yeah. And absolutely, that's the freedom. That's the thriving. Because it's not like you get to thriving and that doesn't happen. (laughs) Wouldn't that be lovely? Yeah, that would be amazing. Lovely. Yeah. And, you know, maybe there are people watching this that go, I'm never triggered and I'm always in Thrive. And I tell you what, drop us a line in the comments. Yeah, please. Yeah. And let us know because (laughs) that would be really curious. I I, I would say that 80 or 90% of the time you're not there, but 10 or 20% of the time you still get triggered by stuff. Mm, Absolutely. You know, we're post-COVID. There's a lot going on in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't be thriving all the time. So mm-hmm. let's be realistic as well, too, don't you think? 
absolutely and don't let other people dictate to you when you're thriving you decide you know I really want to give that message like you know there is a knowing inside of you that will know when you're thriving you know don't be dictated to by comparison to other people or anybody else giving you no and and you know I I can still mind myself on Instagram that comparisonitis Mm. that takes over that inner critic that looks at other people's stuff Mm. you know and and why don't I or why can't I you know it's being really mindful of that isn't it and being kind to ourselves through it absolutely and remembering there isn't another you there isn't another Mel there isn't another Lou there is nobody else in the world that can do quite what you can do So just hang on to that, for God's sake. Absolutely. I'm just going to have a quick look at the comments, Lou. Yeah, because we're going to try and keep it short short and sweet tonight. Why why don't you um, just kind of give a, I don't know, a little summary, really, of what you want people to take away from what we've spoken about? Well, I guess the summary would be that thriving is possible for all trauma survivors, whoever you are. And when you put in the work and you keep at it, thriving is your birthright. It is your destiny and you will get there. So I just think for me, keeping the faith is really, really important too. And keeping that hope and that self-belief going you know, if I can get there, and Mel, you'd probably say the same about you, anybody can do it. Absolutely. You know. I never thought it was possible, you know, five, six years ago, you know, it's that recent for me. Yeah. Um, You know, I didn't think it was possible. And, you know, I said this to you, Lou, earlier, and, you know, this is, this is me being, you know, completely honest. I, I can, I can really say that I don't think I truly started thriving probably until about a year ago yeah I think I had moments of it yeah um but I think you know I had the I I did my somatic experiencing um somatic therapy a year ago um and that for me was when everything really kind of all came together um and although I'd done you know lots of you know sort of you know body work and somatic work before that that for me was was kind of the what what really was the game changer yeah for me and and really made a difference and 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 I think that you know for the thriving really aspect of it it is about being able to stay and sit with your emotions and your feelings and notice what's happening and what's coming up and being able to find your voice in it and accept your feelings but asking for support, having a community, reaching out, sharing with others, being able to be honest and open about your emotions. I mean, the first 10 years of my recovery, I I, 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 I didn't even know what anger was. I don't think I'd ever felt it. Me, I'd never been angry about anything. I was a brilliant please appease codependent, Mm -hmm. you know, so don't give up even if you've been on the journey for a while, it, I'm afraid I, I don't believe that there's a stick, six step, six week program that's gonna sort out your CPTSD and childhood trauma in a, in a flash. Yeah. 
I don't also believe that it needs to take decades or that you need to be in therapy for years and years and years. But I do think that you need to do the work, take care of yourself and learn that you are okay. Yeah. And we've had we've had quite a lot of comments this evening. No, no specific questions. Okay. Um, we've had lots of well, lots of lovely comments. And um, yeah, it just kind of reiterates what I was saying at the beginning, reading those comments, which is how lovely it is to kind of be back with with our with our people. Yeah. Our people. <laughs> our people, please let us know what you think of this. Please add any comments or questions or anything underneath. Or if you're listening to this later, just come into the Trauma Thrivers group. We're very welcoming. And um, yeah, we'd love to see you in here. And we will be back next Thursday talking more about trauma thriving. Mm -hmm. uh, but for now, have a lovely evening and take care of yourselves and just comment below. And even tell us if you'll replay or not later. We'd love to know. Yeah, All right. Absolutely. Oh, this has been lovely. Oh, thanks, Mel. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for watching, everybody. Yeah, take care, everyone. See you soon. Bye. Have a good week. Bye. <laughs>